0: Agenda this morning is coming to mark for me quite clearly, and there's no agenda. We can have our own agenda, we can have our own plans for 2022, we can have our agenda that we'll never pray in church, and uh, those things can, can change within the techie. But I'd like us to have, uh, here this morning I often stayed challenged, i like us to feel motivated, I'd like us to feel different when we walk out these doors this morning, entering 20. 22. And I'm going to share about a certain topic this morning. Not for one minute have I got this all together, not for one minute have I got this right. So we're working on it daily, and I encourage you that we can all work through this together on a daily basis. But before I will share three examples, I'm probably going to get to the first one and you're probably going to realize what we're speaking about this morning. We've got the kids in service this morning. Guys, why don't you think about the topic or the Cotton Scarlet, you can't because you've probably heard it 20 times in
1: the house already.
0: But for any other kid to have this morning, try to think as we're sharing what we're we speaking about, what we're we talking about, and let something sit into your heart. So let's talk about these hardcore fishermen I've once spoken about. These were Jesus' disciples, Jesus' followers, hardcore fishermen. And I want to have a look at the, the book of Luke, chapter 8. But before we go there together, I just want to paint a little picture of these. Disciples, fishermen, a lot of them were fishermen. They walked with Jesus. They learned from Jesus. They heard Jesus talking parables. They saw miracles that Jesus did. So they had a bit of a better understanding, I think, of Jesus than somebody who wasn't interacting with him. So let's go to verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall which is a sudden violent wind, often with rain or snow, came down on the lake, so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and he the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So yes, agenda, there's no scriptures on the screens this morning, so you're just going to have to hear me read. But you have these disciples that even after being with Jesus and mingling with him and seeing him perform miracles, they even ask one another, who is this that even commands the winds and the rain? So yes, we've got these hardcore fishermen that were probably in very serious conditions even before this time with Jesus in the boat. But they realized now they were going to drown. They were fearing their lives as they were in this storm. 2021's past, 2022's coming. Who can relate to maybe being in a storm, maybe coming through a storm, maybe we're approaching a storm? And if there's one chair. Sure. I don't know how many times I've rehearsed this last five <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if there's one chair this morning, I put my head up. Just say, 2022's got a storm. I'm scared. I'm fearful. I'm worried. I'm anxious. And then I hear, where is your faith? In verse 25. Where's your faith? That's one chair. Where's your faith, Clint? Where's your faith, sir? Where's your faith, ma'am? I don't know what storm you're facing. I don't know what storm may come your way. Where is your faith? Are you putting your faith in your job? Are you putting your faith in how many orders you're going to get this week? You're putting your faith in people, the news, your bank account. Always should I ask, are we putting our faith? Or better still, who should we be putting our faith in? Say faith. Faith. So I'm sure by now you realize, after my first example, what we're going to be speaking about. And it's funny how over the last few weeks we've been speaking about this word faith. Luke 17 6. I often say, even in a life group, I've got such small faith, I've got such little faith, and I'm reminded of the scripture in Luke 17, 6, and the Lord answered, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So that single chamber there, that's all it takes, a mustard seed. And I went to Google a little bit, you know, man, it's tiny, eh? Mustard seed is small, that's all we need to have, is as small as a mustard seed. I wonder if the disciples in that boat possibly took that, if they had taken that literacy literally, like where's your faith? How different that situation would have been. Thinking of David when he was captured by the Philistines, he was scared, he was fearful, he was afraid, he wasn't sure what's gonna happen, he was in a massive storm. And in Psalm 56, in 3 to 4, he says, When I am afraid, so he admits that he's afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not afraid. What can my mortals do to me? So yes, I want to emphasize that David was afraid. He was scared, but he knew where to turn to. He knew where to put his faith and his trust. I think of a time Kirst was in Kenya with her folks on the game time many years ago and they were on an open plane looking at a sunset, enjoying the sun going down, and the game ranger said to them, listen, don't be afraid or scared right now. Don't make any sudden movements, but something's approaching from behind. And just at that moment, about 100 to 150 elephants just surrounded this Land Rover, so close that you could almost touch their trunks. What's the illustration of this is? They put their trust and their faith in that game ranger. He said, don't be afraid, everything's okay. I don't know what elephants can do. Their hearts are for beating. I beats a minute, guaranteed. But they put their faith and trust in that game ranger, saying, don't be afraid, everything's okay, just sit still. Where are you putting your faith? Where are you putting your trust? we got an example number two. Is Luke 8, 43 to 48. Bear with me as I read it. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the of his throat, And immediately, her pleading stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So we've got this lady who's got a bleeding disorder for 12 years. She's probably gone to many doctors. She's probably spent a lot of money. She's probably tried everything to try and get this order healed. Yet on that day she heard a commotion that this Jesus was going to be in her town. That this Jesus was going to be passing through. She heard stories about Jesus, of how he performed miracles and how he healed people. And she must have thought, if he can do it for others, surely he can do it for me. Come on. She might have been thinking, "This isn't fair. It's been 12 years. I'm never going to get healed. I'm never going to be touched." There's no use to try and see Jesus. Instead, she said to herself, "I need to get to this Jesus. If only I can just touch his robe, I can be healed." But there was a great problem. There was a great crowd. There was a great commotion in her home town. Most would have given up. Most of thought it's impossible I'm never going to be able to get to Jesus through this crowd. Not this lady. She knew that Jesus could heal her. So she started making her way to Jesus. I can picture it, excuse me, gotta get through the crowd. I don't mean to be rude. I've just gotta make my way ahead. How would you have reacted if this lady just started pushing her way through the crowd? Just mention the crowd. Possibly my boy. Lady, what's your problem? What's going on? Why are you trying to get there in such a hurry? But she was on a mission. She was on a clear mission. She was probably weak due to her illness. She was probably tired. She was probably very despondent. Yet she knew that if she could just touch Jesus' robe, she would be healed. Why? Because Jesus is a healer. Not that she's so great that she can push through a crowd. But because Jesus is the healer, hear healer. I wonder what kept her going. I wonder if it was maybe her positive thoughts. Might have been pure desperation that she wants to be healed. Maybe she really just thought, I've got to do all that I can to get healed. But she must have thought, I'm close to the healer. Jesus is close. I've got to touch him. And at the right time, maybe just barely crawling, or I don't know, maybe it was very hot. Maybe she was dehydrated. She just touched Jesus' cloak. In verse 45, Jesus said, who touched me? Jesus asked. Who touched me? You see, everybody was bumping into Jesus that day. Everybody was passing by and maybe seeing him. But she touched Jesus. She knew that Jesus was the ultimate healer. The ISV version in 46 it says, Jesus still said, Somebody touched me because I know that power has gone out of me. So, my illustration, my point there is she deliberately, intentionally, through her mission, through forcing them through the crowds, consciously made the effort. To touch Jesus, and then I can see Jesus probably looking down at her smiling at just, daughter. Your faith has healed you, your your effort, your determination, your, your faith has healed you. Go, you're healed. You see, we need to notice something there. It was her faith in Jesus. It wasn't the faith in the doctors? She probably had her parents praying for her, she probably had doctors trying to help you. All those things which she's fine, but she had faith, she knew. That her faith in Jesus would heal her. There's power in Jesus. And if we have faith in him, we can expect things to change. See, but we need to trust him completely. When you trust Jesus completely, you can see a difference. And you can expect Jesus to do something in your situation. Jesus, you've got the right person for me. God, 2022 is going to be a good year for me. Yeah, God, your timing's perfect. Yeah, that's single chair. That's hard, eh? God, your timing's perfect. Then <laughs> I realized that your faith in Jesus can stop the creator of the universe. That's a powerful statement. Good read this She's like, it's quite bold, eh? I said, yes, but Jesus stopped. In verse 46, Jesus stopped. Somebody touched me. Who was it? So her faith can stop Jesus to just Killer. Yeah. No doubt there's people in the crowd that day that needed healing and breakthrough. No doubt, and I'm sure guys had some emotional issues that they wanted to get sorted out, but nothing happened because they didn't intentionally touch Jesus. Are you brushing up against Jesus? Or are you touching him? Are you deliberately seeking him out? Are you deliberately making that connection to meet with him? Are you deliberately trying to focus on Jesus, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, sure. I don't just brush up against him. Deliberately, go and intentionally touch Jesus. Are we making the effort? Are we living with that expectancy, knowing that God is bigger mm. than my problem in 2022? Sure. Greater than that depression, all that sickness, More powerful than that opposition? Have you become discouraged? Maybe thinking, ah, it's never going to happen to me. Be like that lady. Exercise your faith in Jesus. Keep your eyes on Him. Focus on Him. The crowd can be loud, eh? Mm. The crowd can really say, it's no point. There's too many people. You're never going to be healed. You haven't been healed in 12 years. The crowd can be very, very loud. Mm. Broken dreams, it's not going to work out. Mm. You're never going to get better. Maybe the crowd has negative words spoken over you. You're not talented enough. The gender today was our gender on stage. Cass and Bryce were going to play. People are like, oh, can you step in? I don't know if I've got it. I don't know if I'm talented enough. The crowd can be loud, eh? Mm -hmm. And then you sing up here and you just get us lost in your presence. Mm -hmm. Don't hit the crowd speed that negativeness over you. You've oh, found so many times. You've hashed it up. They're not going to listen to you. If you're going to exercise your faith in Jesus, you have to have that not-give-up attitude. You've got to carry on. You, get, you may get knocked down, but you're going to have to get up again. Yeah. See? You need to have the mind made up that disappointments and failures are not going to stop you. Yeah. You've got to realize that you can't let the mistakes you've made, the guilt, the regrets, shrink you back. You've got to fight through the crowd. What was interesting here, though, is through the crowd, a lot of Jesus' miracles, he laid his hands on people to be healed. He wiped people's eyes. He, this lady laid her hands on Jesus, so to speak. God's this is huge. When are you going to do something for me, God? I'm battling with this situation. When are you going to come and lay your hands on me? Why don't you have the faith and proclaim that God's on the throne. No matter what happens, God, you're still in control. No matter what happens, I still put my faith and trust in you. But maybe you have to lay your hands on God, so to speak. Maybe sure. you've got to fight through the crowd and lay your hands on God. Yo, I but what if I trust and it doesn't happen? What if you trust, and it does happen? Sure. How about you trust God no matter what? If it happens, or if it doesn't happen, I'm gonna trust you full stop. Mm. Hard, eh? Sure. Whether it works out or whether it doesn't, I trust you, God. Come what may, mm. no matter what happens, I'm gonna trust you. Scripture says it is impossible to please God without faith. And Hebrews eleven, when MacNabby says, "Now faith is being sure." of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So once again, maybe waiting on God to do something for you. Maybe God's waiting on you to lay your hands on God. See, faith is always in the present. We have to declare that Jesus is here now and in the present. Every single day. Jesus was in the crowds. Jesus was present. He's omnipresent. Mm. But you are. Things may not instantly change. Eh? We've got periods of uh, our faith that we need to stay active daily. I know attitude should be like, Lord, I'm looking for your goodness. Not next week, not next month, but today. Stay in the now. Let's live in anticipation that it could happen today. Mm. I need to be a bit vulnerable here. Yeah?
1: I'm not going to share the whole
0: story because it's not completed yet, but for a few years now I've been trusting for own business premises, and I'm trusting God that He's got the perfect place for us, Need to move out from where I am, it's just not the right location, and I'm trusting that it will happen. For two years, over two and a half years I've been waiting, and I've been trusting, and I've been praying, but I've been rejected, I've been outbid, I've been outbid by other opportunities, I thought that properties were perfect for me, and that was just the problem. I thought that they were perfect for me. Have I given up? I went, La, i come very close. I've listened to the crowd. It won't happen. You're never going to afford it. Your industry's dying. There's no point in carrying on with it. The right premises aren't out there for you. Don't invest in this country. Economy is going down. Let me tell you, the crowd is loud, and I promise you, I can hear it very clearly. What's ironic here is that I wrote this preach last year June to try to bring to the congregation, and now I'm preaching this in Jan 22. So when I went back on the PC and I'm looking through this and I'm reading all this, I'm like, that was June. Why it's significant here is because in July last year, just after June, we find this amazing property that I believe God has given us. It's in an area that I was adamant I wouldn't be in. I thought it's never going to work for me. But I had faith in God that he would come through for me. But I had to trust him, no matter what or where, or even if it would happen. And we're still waiting. Six months down the line, we're still waiting for everything to fall in place. We have to have faith that God has got this for us. And I'm trusting every day that I go out with a little faith, and some days it's a lot smaller than others, that God has got this and he can make it happen any moment. And I've got to accept that if that door's closed tomorrow within a week, God's in control. Going back to the notes, trusting completely. Do you have faith in him? Completely. It's one thing standing up there and trying to preach it, but I don't know what's in for tomorrow. I don't know what's in next week. We've got to trust God completely. How long do I wait? How long do you wait for the breakthrough? I don't know. That lady waited 12 years, but she wanted it so badly that she fought through the crowd and persevered to get close to Jesus. She didn't listen to the crowd. that they stay home, it's hot. You're going to get dehydrated. There's no way you're going to get to Jesus. There's too much opposition. The attitude was, I've come this far. I'm tired, but I'm going to trust Jesus no matter what happens. When God sees you doing that, believing when there's no sign, taking steps of faith when you're tired, God will give you strength. That's beyond your supernatural. Humanity. Maybe you're praying and expecting for a long time. Lord, please will you save my loved ones. Please will you touch my family. Please would you just let that friend of mine accept Jesus. The closer anything. please don't give up. Reminds me of a story of a swimmer. And the kids will enjoy this one. He so basically wanted to swim across the English Channel. And he trained hard and he prepared hard. And the boat that accompanied him wasn't allowed to give him any assistance. Wasn't allowed to tell him how far he is. Wasn't allowed to give him any substances, etc. And it was finally his day that he was going to try to do this challenge. And he thought, I'm going to do it. started swimming. The conditions were horrendous. It was misty. It was windy. But he said, I'm going to do this. He said, what have done? Eventually called it. And he said, I'm done. He gave up. He got into the boat. And started driving forward. The mist lifted. And a few hundred meters away was the finish line. True story. Don't give up. God, I've been praying for so long. I don't see a result. Please, will you just touch my family? Please, will they come to accept you? Lord, please, would you be filling the blanks? Please don't give up. Keep on trusting in Jesus and praying, just like the lady in Luke, making her way through the crowd. When God sees you believing in faith. It pleases him. Final example this morning. We heard about this man when we did the series in Mark, Bartimaeus. He was a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road. And Jesus was leaving Jericho this day. And he was about to pass in front of Bartimaeus, this blind beggar. When Bartimaeus found out that this was Jesus, he started shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When he started shouting, the people, the crowd, you, Bartimaeus, get upset. Him. You're making a scene. Nothing's going to happen. He's not going to help you. They were telling you just the other reasons that people were telling you, you aren't going to get well. You're not going to have a successful business this year. You're not going to, you're not going to. You won't meet the right person. Negative voices trying to discourage you. Bartimaeus shouted even louder. He focused on Jesus, the miracle worker. When Jesus heard him, he said, let him come to me. Bartimaeus threw off his coat. Why is this significant? The scholars tell us back in those days that a person with a legitimate disability... Were given an official coat from the government. This gave them the right to beg. So the beggar's coat was actually very valuable as this kind of got them their living. But on the other hand, it labeled you as a beggar or labeled you as someone with a disability. So when you knew, when you wore the beggar's coat, people knew that you were at a disadvantage. But in a sense that God gave you the right to feel sorry for yourself, the right to feel depressed, the right to feel negative, the right to And what a master is Jesus say, Come, the first thing he did was throw off his coat. He was done. He was done feeling sorry for himself. He was done wearing that label of a beggar. He accepted Jesus' invitation and showed faith by throwing off his coat. This was a symbolic action to everybody around you. How many of us are wearing that biggest coat? How many of us are still wearing that label that someone put against you? How many of us are still going into 2020 with those negative attitudes? Oh, my I, I lost a loved one. I came down with illness. I had a poor childhood. You won't make that business a success. That goes so. on the decline. The economy is not right. People say you're going to fail in your profession. See, before you get well, or move forward, or become positive, you've got to throw off that biggest coat. As we face 2022, as long as we're wearing that biggest coat, giving us the reason to feel better, feel disadvantaged, feel less than others, it will keep us for what's in store of what God wants for us. See, when Potomac took off his coat, he wasn't only leaving his life he would be on, he was leaving the negative things from the past. And when Jesus said, come... What's interesting is, Bartimaeus, looked and see. He threw off his coat and he accepted Jesus' invitation. But he walked by the sound of Jesus' voice. He walked in faith towards the person who could truly help him. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Jesus asked Bartimaeus what he wanted. He replied, my sight, Lord. Jesus said, go, your faith has made you well. closing, I just want to challenge us that Jesus is in the present. He's real. I want to be intentional this year about focusing on Jesus and having faith in Him no matter what. No matter what tomorrow may bring us, no matter what next week may bring us, no matter what 22 may bring us, And no matter what faith. Not a, I will have faith if I get that. Not I will have faith when or I will have faith Because, but a faith that says, Jesus, no matter what, I'm going to have faith to trust in you, regardless of whether my business prospers, regardless whether I get what I think I need. Jesus, I know that you are my provider, my protector. You're slow to anger, you're abiding in love. Jesus, you can't. Jesus, you are gracious. Let's put our trust in those qualities and not what we think we need for 2022. Amen. 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 Thanks, Kenzie.